Welcome to The Safety Plan, the show where I cover the latest cyber scam and how to avoid it on LCC Connect. I'm Paul Schwartz, and I'm happy that you are here. Let's do this. This morning, my daughter was singing Roni by Bobby Brown, and now that song is stuck in my head. I guarantee you've heard of it. The truth about a Roni, she's a sweet old girl, about the sweetest little girl in the whole wide world. She'll make the toughest homeboy fall deep in love. So once you had a you will never give her up. But my kid was singing with cybersecurity words. The truth about romance fraud. She's a sweet old scam about the sweetest little scam in the whole wide world. She'll make the toughest homeboy fall deep in love. So once you've had a romance scam, you will never give it up. Obviously, the college has allowed me budgetless artistic freedom on this show, and I will take advantage of that position. So welcome to the Safety Plan Show. Here's the format. I will describe a real-world cyber scam like phishing or malware or identity theft. And then two, I will explain why it could happen to you. And finally, how to protect yourself so it doesn't happen to you. So why should you listen to the Safety Plan episode? First, as a leader, I want to share my cybersecurity knowledge with you so that you can hopefully learn and grow and become inspired by it. Second, a community knowledgeable about cyber scams will not fall for them in the future. And finally, three, if people start practicing good cyber practices in their lives and at home, then they practice those same skills at work, which makes your business or company or local community college more secure. Win, win, win. So I'm Paul Schwartz and I work at LCC as the Director of Information Security and I coordinate security issues for the college, things like data breach coordination and account compromise investigations and scanning the network and reviewing emails and implementing projects and so forth. Anything to do with cybersecurity, my office takes care of. And so I've worked in cybersecurity for 27 years, including 20 years in the Air Force before ending up at LCC. I park in a covered parking spot at work, so people think that I know stuff, which proves I am smart. S-M-R-T smart. So today I'm going to talk about QR code scams. Now, cyber criminals are trying to steal financial information from you through these QR or quick response codes at restaurants and businesses that have increasingly turned to them for touchless transactions during this coronavirus pandemic. You may have seen them on restaurant menus or just yesterday I was at Costco looking at windshield wipers and there was a sign in front where you were supposed to scan the QR code and then it'd pull up the website and then you could figure out what size of wiper blades you had. Well, this started me thinking about this podcast because just last month there was a discovery of fraudulent QR code stickers on more than two dozen park meters in Austin, Texas. You know, modern parking meters don't take change like the coins used to put in because they cost like $5 to park for 30 minutes nowadays. And some even take a credit card to pay at a meter at the pay station. Well, some of these have stickers on them with a QR code to take you to the website to pay for your parking. So people attempting to pay for parking using those QR codes may have been directed to a fraudulent website and submitted payment to a fraudulent vendor and lost their money. Now, QR codes are black and white squares and seemingly everywhere. There are barcodes that you can scan on your phone to launch a website or an app. The codes first appeared 27 years ago when Japanese automakers used them to track parts and inventory. They have similarities with a barcode, yet a QR code can hold more than 300 times the data of a barcode. Now, QR codes themselves are not malicious, but the ease with which criminals can create their own and fake codes and then dupe customers into going to these malicious sites in order to steal their data or hijack their payments is common. At worst, 
A crook can download malware directly onto your device or direct you to a fraudulent website to try and steal your money or grab your personal or financial data or your login credentials, and then they can start to wreak havoc. In several ways, QR codes are similar to phishing attacks. Classically, phishing attacks use doctored links that pose as legitimate websites in the hopes that you'll follow them to the hacker's malicious website. It's very much like a shortened link. And really, there's no way to look at a QR code and determine if it's legitimate or not. You have to scan it with your smartphone and approve the website or the app that it's taken you to. But QR codes can access other functions and apps in your smartphone. Scammers can use them to open payment apps add context, write a text, or make a phone call when you scan a bogus QR code. So here's what people can do. Don't use the QR code. Instead, use a browser and visit a website using a domain name you know is legit. Don't open links or scan QR codes from strangers. Unsolicited messages with these links or codes could lead you to a scam site or access the functionality of your smartphone in an unwanted ways. If you receive a QR code that you believe to be from someone you know, reach out to them through a known number or address to verify the code is from them. And your best bet is to preview the link. You should check the websites that the QR directs you to very carefully. Now, a QR code could lead you to a shortened URL. Now, a shortened URL is a URL that has been put through a function where it shortens it or makes the code kind of obscures it to be smaller than what it should be, but still directs you to a longer URL or internet address. Now, you could use a URL lengthener, like checkshorturl.com, to lengthen the URL to see where it's truly going, but uh, shorten URL, you can't tell by looking at it whether it's malicious or not. Now, you should also use your phone's app stores rather than a QR code to download any mobile apps. And if you recently bought something and you receive an email saying the payment failed and are asked to complete the payment through a QR code, call the company to verify this QR code or this website is legit. Locate the company's phone number from a trusted site, not the phone number given in the email. And finally, practice good cyber hygiene on your devices. This will help you from falling victim to a QR code scam. So update your software, remove unused software, back up your data, use a password manager to organize unique passwords at all of your accounts, browse wisely, encrypt and password protect your devices, and install antivirus. Now, some antivirus companies even have a QR scanner app as part of their antivirus, so uh, you, sh you should use this if that's available. Okay, now I want to shift gears and talk about romance scams. Romance fraud, otherwise known as confidence scams, occur when an actor deceives a victim into believing they have a trusted relationship, whether family, friendly, or romantic, and leverages this relationship to persuade you to send money or provide personal or financial information, or purchase items of value for the criminal. In some cases, the victim is persuaded to launder money on behalf of the actor. Now, romance scams often occur when a criminal adopts a fake online identity to gain a victim's affection or trust. The scammer uses the illusion of a romantic or close relationship to manipulate and or steal uh, information from the victim. Romance scammers create fake profiles on dating sites and apps, or contact their targets through popular social media sites like Instagram or Facebook or Google Hangouts. But scammers are present on all dating and social media sites. The scammers strike up a relationship with their target to build their trust, 
sometimes talking or chatting several times a day. He or she lavishes you with attention. Swindlers often inundate prospective marks with texts, emails, and phone calls to draw them in. And how can you resist when the scammer is good-looking, smart, and funny, and personable? Yeah, kind of like me. Scammers search chat rooms, dating sites, and social media networking sites looking for victims. The principal groups of victims are 40 years old and divorced, widowed, elderly, elderly, or disabled. But all demographics are at risk. Now, the criminals who carry out romance scams are experts in what they do and will seem genuine, caring, and believable. However, be forewarned, the online contact could be a criminal sitting in a cyber cafe with a well-rehearsed script that scammers have used repeatedly and successfully. Scammers use poetry, flowers, and other gifts to reel in victims the entire time declaring their underlying love. The scammer's intention is to establish a relationship as quickly as possible, endear himself or herself to the victim, and gain trust. Scammers may propose marriage and make plans to meet in person, but that will never happen. They ask for money and promise to pay it back, but that will never happen. Now, here are some examples of romance scams. Scam artists often say they are in the building or construction industry or are engaged in projects outside of the U.S., such as working on an oil rig, or they could be a doctor with an international organization, or they're in the military and deployed overseas. Now, that makes it easier to avoid meeting in person and more plausible when they ask for money for things like a medical emergency or an unexpected legal fee or a plane ticket, or other travel expenses, or how about to pay for a surgery, or, or other medical expense, or to pay custom fees to retrieve something, or pay off gambling debts, or to pay for a visa or a passport. They may need your bank account information to deposit money. Uh, let's say their boss has paid them in postal money orders, and they're asking you to cash the forged money orders, and then wire the money back to the criminal. Or they're telling you they have these, like, say, gold bars or other valuable assets seized by customs, and they need to pay taxes on them before they can recover their items and join, you know, you in, in, in your location. Or they might be saying they're held against their will for failure to pay a bill, like a phone bill. Maybe they want you to pay for their phone bill in order to keep communicating with you. And finally, maybe they need the money to complete their education before they can come visit you. So all excuses uh, that we see trending in romance scams. Now, the scammers ask for you to pay for these bills and things by wiring money or with the use of, uh, you know, reload cards like Money Pack or gift cards from vendors like Amazon or Google Play or iTunes or Steam. They sometimes ask you to set up a new bank account or to go get them cashier's checks or money orders. And they're always claiming they're out of the country and unable to cash these things or receive the funds directly. They do this because they can get cash quickly and remain anonymous through these avenues. And they know these transactions are almost impossible to reverse. Now, the scammers sometimes ask victims to redirect the funds to them or to an associate to whom they purportedly owed money. In a similar scheme, scammers ask victims to reship packages instead of redirecting the funds. In these examples, victims risk losing money and may incur other expenses. 
Here, let me tell you about one scenario. The scammer claimed to be a U.S. citizen living abroad, and after establishing the online relationship, they asked the victim to send gifts or electronics to a foreign address. After a few more months, the actor expresses a desire to return to the U.S. to meet the victim. The actor claims not to have the money to pay for travel and asks the victim to wire the funds. In some cases, the actor claims the wired funds did not arrive and asks the victim to resend the money. They provide a fake travel itinerary, and when they don't arrive as scheduled, they claim that they were arrested and ask for more money to post, you know, bail. They may also request more money for travel or to recover assets seized during their arrest. Requests for money may continue until the victim is unable or unwilling to provide more. Now, here's the tips to avoid romance scams. Be careful what you post and make public online. Scammers can use details shared on social media and dating sites to better understand and target you. If you suspect a scam, research the person's photo and story and profile using online searches to see if the image, name, or details have been used elsewhere. For instance, do a search for the type of job the person has to see if other people have heard similar stories. For example, a, a search such, such as oil rig scammer, US Army scammer. Check this person's story online. Remember, like most fraudulent schemes, scammers use whatever personal information you provide to quickly paint themselves as your perfect match. If your new friend's story is repeated through numerous complaints and articles on the internet, it's time to apply common sense over your feelings. You could also do a reverse image search of the person's profile picture to see if it's associated with another name or with details that don't match up. These are all signs of a scam. Most cyber criminals do not use their own photographs. They use an image from another social media account as their own. A reverse image search can determine if the profile picture is being used elsewhere on the internet and on which websites it was used. A search sometimes provides information that links the image with other scams or victims. Now, you also want to go slowly and ask a lot of questions. Talk to someone you trust and pay attention if your friends or family say they're concerned about your new love interest. Scammers often profess their love quickly. They claim that your introduction was destiny or fate, especially early in communication. Beware if the individual seems too perfect or quickly asks you to leave a dating service or social media site to communicate directly. They often tell inconsistent or grandiose stories and give vague answers to specific questions. Beware if your new romantic interest sends you a picture that looks more like a model from a fashion magazine than an ordinary snapshot. Beware if the individual attempts to isolate you from your friends or family or requests inappropriate photos or financial information that could later be used to extort you. Beware if the individual promises to meet in person but then always comes up with an excuse why he or she can't. If you haven't met the person after a few months for whatever reason, you have a good reason to be suspicious. Now, I do not recommend traveling alone. If you were to go meet up with this online romance, you need to read all the travel advisories associated with the countries you will visit and contact the United States Embassy in the country you plan to visit. And finally, never send money to anyone you have only communicated with online or phone. Here's the bottom line. Never send money or gifts to a sweetheart you haven't met in person. Now, if you suspect you are a victim of romance scam, Surprisingly, in some cases, even when the victim realizes they are being conned, the scam continues because the victim is too embarrassed to tell family or friends or report to law enforcement agencies. There are also cases where the victim knows full well that they're being scammed, but they are in love with the scammer, so they continue to send money.
Okay, here's what to do. Stop communicating with this person immediately. Victims who have agreed to meet in person with an online love interest have been reported missing or injured or in some instances deceased. Report the activity to the website where the contact was first initiated, say the dating website. If you paid a romance scammer with a gift card, contact this company that issued the card right away. Tell them you paid the scammer with a gift card and ask if they can refund your money. And if you think it's a scam, report it to the FTC at reportfraud.ftc.gov. And if you give the scammer your bank account or credit card numbers, contact your bank or credit card company and ask how to protect your accounts. Well, that's a wrap of today's safety plan episode. If you have any questions or have been a victim of a cyber scam, tell me about it by emailing lccinfosec at lccedu. You can find more information at lccedu slash lccconnect. This episode of the Safety Plan was recorded by Paul Schwartz and the TLC Tower of Downtown Lansing Community College and produced by Lane Ingram and engineered by Big D Dedalian. I'm Paul Schwartz, and this is LCC Connect. So long.